Welcome back, community group leaders, to this week's episode of The Deeper Podcast, where we partner with you as you grow closer to God, His Word, and people. I'm your host, Cody Lecan, joined here with Joe Hishma. Joe Hishma, good to see you guys. Uh, at least from my perspective, I can only see a camera, but I know that some are watching, some are listening. Good to, good to have you here with us. Yes, it's good to be back. So, Joe, this week we are finishing up the last week in the Before and Behind series. That's right. We're getting re- ready to start a new series in the beginning of March. I'm super excited because it has really awesome, tangible things that we're going to be following That's along right. with as we read the scriptures and applying it directly. Can you yeah. kind of like paint a picture of what sure. you're thinking for this next series? Yeah, so this next series, again, we move from the end of Deuteronomy, which is Moses' children of Israel, and we fast forward to the New Testament. So we start in Matthew, and we go through the book of, not the book, not just the book of Matthew, but the story of Jesus gearing us up for Easter and preparation for that. So throughout the month of March, we're going to see a bunch of passages in the birth and the life of Jesus. And we're going to be talking about what happens in the hearts of people when Jesus spent time with them. And we're going to see that that Jesus changes everything about us. And as our application, we're going to be looking at this word, everything. Jesus changes everything about us. That's actually the theme for Easter this year, too, is that the gospel changes everything. The resurrected re- resurrected Christ changes everything for us. And so we'll be looking at, um, we'll be doing different practices that help us and develop us as generous as generous people who take everything that God has given us and use it for his glory. And so we've got a what we were calling the um, the big, uh, generous experiment. And we're going to be looking at 10% of our perish- uh, non-perishable foods and what it would look like if everyone at Fellowship took everything in non-perishable foods, perishable fu- foods that God gave us and gave 10% of that to him. And we want to load up a food bank here in town. Second week, we are, we're going to be doing um, what could it look like if we took 10% of our clothing and donated them to various clothing uh, uh, for under-resourced family uh, environments as we can. And then that third week, we're not going to take 10%, but we are going to ask people that if they have furniture they can give, to give to help in homes, that people are moving out of homelessness into these homes and will be furnished. And so we're going to help. And And what just excites me with that is just seeing what could happen if everyone looked at everything God had given them and responded in some way to be generous. And so we really looked at this because... That's what we see in the life of Jesus. Jesus changed everything about him. Yeah. And even John the Baptist, when he was even learning who Jesus was, said, he must increase, I must decrease. And it's, it's really, he must become greater, I must become less. And yeah. that flows into how generous we are. We put Jesus ahead of us, the needs of others ahead of our own, and we give generously to him. And then for our whole church during that time, we're going to have a defining moment. We're going to ask everyone to look at everything that God has given them and give 1% more Hmm. of their income to the Lord at fellowship. And again, 
one person, that may not seem like a lot of money, but when you talk about everyone at Fellowship who's part of this church and everyone responding with everything God has given them, I think we can have a defining moment in generosity, which will allow us not only to fully fund our ministries, but to give more and more outside of ourselves. And I just get so much joy by giving here, and I want everyone else to have that joy, and so that's what we're doing. So I know we went a little long, but now you have the whole scope of it. But it's awesome because I think it's such a cool and tangible way that we can take what we're learning on the weekend, what we're talking about in our small groups, and then apply it right to our lives with that like That's that right. tangible like action step. And so I think it's going to be super awesome. I'm excited to see what God does in the lives of people because yeah. of this. Thanks. I, I am too. I'm really excited about it. Last weekend, I went through my whole uh, closet <laughs> and took out 10, actually turned into 20% of my clothing. Oh wow! And I'm going to give that, that during that time. Uh, but it was interesting just to realize I, I started thanking God for everything I had. Yeah. And it became an act of worship for me. I really enjoyed doing that. Yeah. It's super awesome. So as we switch to what we're going to talk about so we can equip these community group leaders as we go out. That's right. um, We started this week off with the destruction of the Canaanites, and then we kept seeming to waffle back between some positive things that were going on, uh, these blessings that were happening and coming down, and then these cursings. But man, it really felt heavy on this cursing side, and so this week's reading kind of could kind of be a bummer at some points. So Yeah, it's a difficult reading as you look at Deuteronomy's uh, chapter 26 all the way to chapter 30, which is what we're going to be preaching on this weekend. And, and in one passage, like I read Deuteronomy 28 this morning, there's 14 verses about the blessings, which are yep. really cool and really awesome. But then there's 52 verses. It's like a one to four ratio of curses that yep. happens if they're unfaithful and they walk away. And the question is, why does God do this? Why does God show them so much? Why is the most of the focus on that? And I think what he's trying to tell them is, look, God's promise is for you. I will bless you. I will make you into a great nation. All the nations on the earth will be blessed through you. But the, the, um, when they're disobedient and they walk away, that blessing... That blessing turns into a curse. Yeah. And all the things that God said would happen to other nations would happen to them if they turned on God. And this ultimately should have taught them to fear the Lord, not in an angle of, oh, God's going to get us, but more in the angle of, I fear my life, I fear our country, I fear our existence without the Lord. And he's showing them everything. He's kind of giving them the other picture of what's going to happen to the other nations when they follow him and and go into that land. And he's showing them the nightmare of what it's like to live life without God. And I know that you might want to be tempted to say, oh, well, there's people who don't believe in God and their lives aren't nightmares. Matter of fact, some of them are the wealthiest people in our world. Yeah. But this is for the people of God. And this is a message to them to that look at what you risk by flirting with sin and by turning away and worshiping other gods. Yeah. That's really helpful to bring a, a broader understanding because I know when I was reading it, it just it was like, wow, another cursing. And these cursings are so big and heavy. Yes. They're like, it's death and life. It's just so contrary. And so I had to discipline my mind yeah. to stay with it. But again, it's listen to the Lord, listen to the Lord. This is what happens when you're not with him. And I had to be reminded, we're already living in the curse. 
So right. some of us are experiencing <laughs> just the curse of what sin has happened with sin in this world, and we deal yeah. with sickness, and we deal with enemies against us, and we deal with brokenness within us, uh, and and things as not the way God intended them to be. And it's in that curse that we realize, oh my goodness, we we need to hang on to the hand of God in the midst of this broken and crooked generation. Yeah, such a good reminder. Um, This week's passage, you're anchoring around the 30 mark, right? Deuteronomy 30? Deuteronomy 30, that's right. So what does this week's passage teach us about the love of God? Okay, so as um, Moses is saying to the people before they go in, again, he's that prophet, and he's telling them, look, when you go into the land, love him. Love the Lord your God. Listen, listen and to his word and obey his voice and then hold fast to him. Those are the three major principles of this. But to choose life, that that's what life with the Lord is. God is our life, and because he's our life, love him, right? And obey his voice and then hold fast to him. There's going to be times when you don't understand him, so hold fast to him. And that's what this whole passage is about. He says it over and over and over. And so it's the pattern, I think, that we should follow as we live in the promise of God, as they were living in the promise of God, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our might. And then uh, to listen and to obey his voice as we follow him and then hold fast to him when there's going to be a storm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So as we were setting up and getting ready for this, you kind of teased to me the this idea you had for the what else did you have in your time of study that you weren't able to share. And so it kind of got me really jazzed up because you know this is my favorite. Yes. Okay. The extra bits. And the so, extra bits. Right, what, okay. What do we have extra today that you weren't all able right. to cover? Uh, leading up to this, and I think you read it in uh, your daily devotion, there was one day where we talked about where Moses put the people of Israel on two mountains one Mount Gerizim, the Mount, other Mount uh, Ebal. And in the middle, he put the priests. And then he put an altar on Mount Ebal. And on Mount Ebal, they talked about the blessings. And on Mount Gerizim, he talked about the curses of what would happen. And in the middle, right in the valley, Moses placed a sickle and a sword. And the sickle was to represent the blessing. And he said, look, if you follow the Lord, if you love him, he's going to increase your lives. If if he is your life, you will have, you will receive that life in your life. In, in your life. And there won't be, there'll be so many crops that this sickle won't be able to harvest them. Okay. He said, but if you turn and you walk away and you worship other gods, the gods of the nations around you, you will become like those other nations and the sword mm. will be the emblem. I mean, not only will those nations be against you, but God will be against you. And so they had that humble teaching there of a sickle and a sword that would remind them of the blessing and the curse. We need, I'm not saying that we do this, but uh, we need that. God knows how we learn. He shows us pictures of it. And I just thought that was fascinating, but I didn't have enough time to talk about it in my message. Yeah. uh, Just the imagery of the two tools that they would have been very familiar with. That's right. Being sat before and like, oh, like that for me, it just like sinks in. If something's heavy, it's like, oh, that's that's so true. That's right. It's not quite a combine, but I mean, for their time, <laughs> yes. like that's what they Kansas, had. Uh, yeah, go back a few centuries yeah. and you go back to the sickle. That's right. <laughs> awesome. So last week, yes, the question, 
How does loving God affect the people and things that we touch and see in this world? And building on that, this first question is going to be a two-parter. And the heart behind this question is so that we'd be able to confess our worries to one another so that we're setting you guys up so that you can open the discussion for what are you really worried about in this day and age, especially with what we've got going on economically, politically. We've got a lot of things that we can be worried about. And so by being able to share that with one another, I'm really, I mean, I guess excited is the word to see how that could play out in the groups and see what God does through that. Yeah. So, well, first we're going to be talking about um, how a love for the Lord moves you to obey. And in the message, I say, you know, where you set your eyes, you also turn your ears to. Yeah. Okay. Um, Shelly Knapp also said, um, what did she say? Do you remember that at all? She said, where you... It was your thoughts. Yeah, where you place your thoughts, again, is another voice that you hear from yeah. yourself, is, is where you hear. And I think that's really important for us. Where we place our love will move our will and, move our, and, and uh, work in our rationale. And we will make life and construct life around any life that we want. And God is saying, love me. And so we have to reorient our lives around loving him. And as we do that, that fuels our, our devotion, always fuels our discipline. Mm. And when you love someone, you listen to them, right? Yeah. When you really long to be with someone, you clear away the things that stand in the way of you being with them to listen and to understand them. And when you really care for someone, you don't want to do anything that hurts them. You you make them a priority. And God is saying, ultimately, here is my, I've loved you with an unconditional love, and I I am for you and I am with you. Follow me. Yeah. And and make me your life. Secondly, when I think about um, holding fast to God in a storm, I just think about um, there are things ahead of us in this upcoming year that will make us afraid. There's things we don't fully understand right now that make us worry or anxious, and that command to hold fast to him recognizes there are going to be some things that happen to you in your future that you just have to hold fast. And so it's kind of a, of a defining moment where you go, when those times come, I'll hold fast. Hmm. Uh, I used the illustration of uh, the, it's as a naval term for for sailors. They would ho- you know literally tattoo on their on their fingers on both of their fists, hold fast to remind them in in Dutch, hout fast avast. You know that whole, picture, yeah. that whole picture. That whole picture of in the storm we hang on mm-hmm. to uh, our role and what we're supposed to be doing, and the hand of God is in our lives. So in the storm we hang on to Him. And I look in my own life, and I think about things I don't know yet. I'm going to be a grandfather in in April, and I coming think about so fast. it is, and all the things that you could worry about about a new baby coming into the world, uh, and um, what we'll do, how we'll be. I mean, all those things. I'm going to hold on to the hand of the Lord, and whatever happens to this vulnerable little child. Uh-huh. Um, what about you? When you think about your future and you think about something that you're going to need to hold on to the hand of God, what, what comes to your mind, Cody? I think the thing that's most gripping right now is where the economy is going with inflation and we're expecting a child in July. Oh, it's another child. Look at how children make us worry. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so yes. with a new child and 
a current and a toddler like yeah. in the family and I'm just, I just have all of these worries of like well what's going to happen and when I'm not holding on and having my love and be like towards God and yeah. focusing on that the things of the world just start to scream out it's like oh that grocery bill is up now oh yeah gas is up what yeah. are you going to do that's right. are you worried and I'm like okay but my treasures aren't here and if I right. if I don't focus on that then I, that really starts to weigh me down I'm like oh well I can't go buy that for my kid and so then I start to be like well that kind of sucks and it gets yeah the spiral. But when I focus on my love and I hold fast and on to him, like those worries, they, they're not really there. Or they're, there's in the back of yeah. my mind. There's mm-hmm. a kind of, they're fading in the distance. Instead, like when I don't hold fast, like they're right there, they're right in front of me. They're all I think about all day and it starts yeah. to consume me. And that's just the thing that I just start worrying about. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. That's really good. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. The second question we've got is, what is your pattern for when you fail in obedience to Christ? So you had three areas that we can kind of help prime the pump here for this. That's right. What are they? Okay. So when you fail, what do you do? That's going to be something our message talks about Mm -hmm. on the weekend, because um, the truth is, just as the children of Israel were going into the promised land, Moses said, you're going to fail. He says, when this happens, it's going to happen. It's not a yep. matter of, uh, of if, it's going to be when. when. When this happens, this is what you do. And he basically said, call it. Call on the name of the Lord. Seek him, okay? Love him with all your heart and your soul, you and your sons and their, their children, and, and come back. And so there's a temptation when you fail from the Lord to just look at the curses that might happen to you. And that can move you to shame and guilt, and so you just beat yourself up. That's the that, when I talk to Christians about uh, their walk with Christ and when they fall. More the perfectionist people who have high standards for themselves and others. They usually fall into this group of just just piling on shame and guilt, and it keeps them from receiving the work of Christ to fix us and to restore our hearts again. So there's that temptation to do that to to put shame and guilt. Secondly, there's the one to cover and cover and hide, uh, or even cover and make it reasonable and justify. You know, and this is something where more of a heart of pride comes in. It's I don't care about God, or He doesn't know about this, or I don't feel He cares for me, so I'm going to do this on my own. I think I need to be happier well, without God than with Him, walking with Him, and trying to quote a passage out of context about how God wants me to be happy over being holy. And uh, for that, again, that's another tendency of all of our, in each of our hearts, when we fail, is to go, well, you know, you don't know. The normal person under my circumstances, it just makes sense to me, and we can rationalize. Again, what the heart loves, the mind rationalizes. And so that's what's going to happen there. Or the other one is to just call it. And to say, God, this is not right. This is this is wrong. Yeah. And I confess that, and I look to you, Jesus, to forgive me my sins. And so I confess my sin that you might forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1. And so that's the call. Those three things are, will happen every time we fail. And what we do with them really brings out the maturity and the character in each Christian. Yeah, because calling it is definitely that more matured response of like, hey, I've I've messed up, but like because of grace, I let's move on and not go back to it. Yep. Think relationship. Yep. Think relationship, father to son. Uh the son messes up. The son says, Oh, you don't love me anymore. I could never tell my dad and he'd 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 pound on me. Okay. Yeah. Or um 
or even so, dad, you didn't do this for me, you know, or spouses. This is probably even more, a little bit more personal Mm. um, for us to, uh, when our wife calls us out on something for us to go, well, you don't know about this or you have no idea what I've gone through today. I mean, that would rationalize it. it. Yeah. Rationalizing it. Yeah. When really, when we go, you're right, I was wrong. Um, that actually moves us closer into being loved and to love that person. That that shows them that they value and, and they matter and they're significant in your life. That's how you love them. Yeah. When you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. I I know I default to the defending. So mm-hmm. like if man, if I have a bad week with not getting to daily devotionals throughout it, I'm real quick to that justification of like, oh well, I've got a toddler. Yeah. Uh, life is busy. Like it's okay. I was a good dad, but I mean in the reality. When I'm not in God's word daily, my patience is short. I, mm. I have I struggle to have that like desire to relate to her. And so it's just turning into this like, okay, well, it's actually not good. Yeah. But I'm using it to try to justify it and get out of it instead of just calling what it is like, okay, this is a new week. Let's pick up and get that daily devotional going and yeah. keep that rhythm of in God's word. So that way my heart is focused on what God wants and not what I want and just getting out of the way of myself. That's right. That's right. That's really good. Thanks for sharing that. Awesome. Will you pray for the leaders as we yeah. go about our weeks? I'd absolutely love to. Uh, and again, thank you for leading in this role. Uh, as we're going to be doing our um, leadership development this weekend, I just am thankful so much for you and your willingness to serve in this capacity. Let's pray. Father, thank you for each group that you will gather together this week. Speak into them. Let them know you love them. And I pray that their first response to your love is that they would love you back, that they would obey your voice, and that they'd hold fast to you. Use your word, use the discussion, use the power of your Holy Spirit in each of our lives to make us want to follow you. Even beyond that obligation of what we ought to do, Lord, we're looking for you through your spirit to melt our hearts so that we desire to follow you in all our ways and to make you greater and to live in your blessing as we choose you being the life of our lives. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Before we go, I wanted to share with you guys some things that we have upcoming. Much like the series in the beginning, we want to give you guys kind of that inside track so that you can know what's going on. So there's not a ton of information, but just know that the week leading up to Easter, we're going to be doing a Seder meal. Mm-hmm. Really excited for what that's going to look like. Passover, that's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then on April 30th, we have ShareFest. Registration's not open yet, but know that that's going to be a great opportunity to get a serve, to be able to serve with your groups and look forward to signing up and seeing you guys out there. Awesome. Looking forward to it too. Yep. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.